everyone and welcome back to another episode of CQP Moments. As always, I am your host, the Coupon Queen Pen. Guys, this episode, when I first started making it, I had an idea of where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do, but it kind of evolved into something else. So, let's take a short break and I'll be right back. This is Sergei Brazhnikov, narrator of The Rise of King Osiris, podcast by J.V. Torres. You are listening to the CQP Moments Podcast. We knew that one day the mantle would have to be passed. We just didn't expect it to be like this. We knew that, you know... Everyone was going to have their role to play. We, again, just didn't expect it to be like this. We expected to be prepared. We expected to be ready. We expected to be educated and known and made it so that, you know, this is your time. But we did not expect the mantle to be passed this way. But the funny thing is, history has been repeating itself because when the mantle got passed to the greats, they didn't expect it. They just knew it was their time and they had to pick it up. They simply had to pick it up. On July 17th, 2020, two pioneers of the civil rights movement passed on. Mr. John Lewis and Minister C.T. Vivian. Now, most of you probably know John Lewis is that loudmouth Democrat who always had something to say doing sit-ins and was always in front of a camera and wouldn't give in for anything. And most of you know C.T. Vivian as the prolific writer who wrote speeches for the likes of Martin Luther King and spoke and was given an honor by President Obama. But these two gentlemen really were instrumental in the March on Washington in 1963. These guys were freedom riders. And John Lewis himself was part of the big six. Now, John Lewis was born in Troy, Alabama on February 21st in 1940. And C.T. Vivian was born in Booneville, Missouri on July 30th, 1924. So he passed a few days before his birthday was coming. He would have been 96. So the crazy part is, I know a lot of you don't know, what the big six is but ct vivian was also a proud member of the fraternity alpha phi alpha and it's just like okay you know we hear these names we hear 
the heritage, we hear the legacy, and we don't know a lot of times why. So the big six leaders were, they were really instrumental in the civil rights, civil rights movement. And like I said, these were the people that organized the March on Washington in 1963. And they were really affluent members of their own organizations. And some of these organizations were really founded in the early 1900s, like the National Urban League, the Southern Christian Conference, the Congress of Racial Equality, the Student Nonviolent Coordination Coordinating Committee, the Negro American Labor Council, and of course, one that we all know, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, also known as the NAACP. So yes, a lot of these organizations started as early as 1901. So, you know, we had no idea. We have no idea now, you know, where they came from. We heard names. Of course, we've heard acronyms, you know, S-N-C-C-N-U-L, like I said, the NAACP, N-A-L-C. But these were organizations created out of need. And the one thing that I started to really find out about, especially when I started looking into the Freedom Riders, is we were always given this idea that it was just a select group of people from the South that just went and held marches. And we were given this really crazy, like small, quaint picture of the Freedom Riders and of the Civil Rights Movement. And of course, we received that idea of like, you know, that happened there, way down there back then. We didn't, re- I didn't realize myself that these people have come from all over the country. You know, it wasn't just a small group of people from the South. A lot of them, because they met in college, they were students and they were they knew things weren't quite where they wanted them to be. That's the crazy part. These were students that knew things weren't where they wanted them to be. And believe it or not, the Freedom Riders weren't that long. It was only from May 1961 to December of 1961. And What they did was they realized that they wanted to desegregate riding the bus. Something that most people right now say, eh, I don't feel like riding the bus. I'm not going to ride the bus. But it was simply because if you didn't ride the bus to get where you wanted to go, very few people had cars. So more than likely, you were walking. And walking meant you were walking for miles. Okay? So imagine walking 10 miles to work and 10 miles home every day if you didn't catch the bus. So yes, that was really, you know, really the thing was to desegregate the buses because if there wasn't any room for you to ride in the section where you were supposed to ride, then you had to walk in order to get where you needed to go on time. Now, originally, there were only 13 Freedom Riders. Seriously, only 13 Freedom Riders. 
there weren't there weren't that many so but it grew into such a movement such a huge movement believe it or not of course john lewis and both ct vivian were part of the freedom riders but there was ralph abernathy there was Catherine burks there was rabbi israel Cy dresner and these people came from all over they came from the bronx they came from of course north and south carolina but washington dc tennessee florida harlem you know these people were from all over the country and believe it or not we're always shown that this was just a male fronted movement but i'm looking and the names a lot of the names that i was looking at were female names these were names of women the women of the civil rights movement and the craziest thing is we were taught one thing we were given one picture but it is simply this was an everybody all hands on deck movement and they knew it they knew the responsibility that they had and i mean you know at one point i actually i'll be very honest i was taking notes doing the research for this thing and i had to stop writing names because it's like whoa all of these people all of these people all of these people wanted to make a change and they wanted to make a difference and they realized that at that point the mantle belonged to them the responsibility belonged to them and they had to make sure that it happened by hook or by crook and that's the thing and like I said it wasn't a really long movement this movement wasn't even a year I mean we're talking about from May to December so we're really talking about all of what seven months seven months seven months and they managed to be able to desegregate bus riding and that's the crazy part is that it we're just given and I, I had to write this because we were given such a picture you know and the part of it was I couldn't really I didn't realize why Elijah Cummings was so passionate why John Lewis was so passionate why C.T. Vivian was so passionate in other words they knew the responsibility they had and they realized in other words they couldn't just leave it without letting us know and that's why in other words that loudmouth democrat was always in front of a camera because he wanted everyone to win because believe it or not he went from talking on the steps of the Washington Monument to being in the Capitol building and helping to illustrate and create change for the American people. So to that, I say, what is your passion? What mantle has been passed to you? What is it that you see that needs to be done that you could be picking up and doing and not waiting for someone else and saying, hey, you know what? That's their job. You know, I, you know, that's for someone else. I don't quite feel like it's my thing. I don't want to get involved, you know, because we all do it. We all have that moment where it's like, mm, I'd rather not, you know? So the question is, 
what are we doing? Are you going to sit up there and pick up that mantle that has been passed to you like Excalibur at King Arthur's table? Or are you just going to try and say, you know what, I'll wait for someone else to do it. Because guess what? No one does something the way you want it to be done. And I'm not, guys, you know, I'm not just talking about politically or leadership or community. There are things that, you know, need to be done all over the place. And the responsibility keeps showing up with you. So are you taking that? What is your passion? What are you doing? And the other question is, are you going to do this aimlessly? with no goal in mind, because we always hear this thing about having eyes on the prize, but if you keep wandering with no goal, how do you have your eyes on a prize? And what are you winning? Where are you going? And what are you showing the next generation? Oh, just, you know, just do what you want and maybe things will fall into place. Hopefully, somehow, I don't know. But no, it is our responsibility now to show them hey you know what I knew this needed to be done and I didn't bother to ask let's take the time and make sure that it happens so guys thank you and thank you John Lewis and thank you CT Vivian for paving the way and showing us the responsibility and being able to know when we should say something but as always guys be good to yourselves be good to each other and happy shopping